Imagine being thrown into the fire with only 10 hours to cook for a global superstar. That's exactly what happened to our guest, a former engineer turned personal chef. Organizer calls me and, and she's like, I know, I know I'm giving you only 10 hours notice and I'm already, come on, you know, come on. Um, but this is for Harry Styles. Oh, okay. So no pressure there. <laughs> Hear the gripping tale of how raw talent, quick thinking, and a dash of audacity fed the famed Harry Styles and his crew, against all odds. And the actual reason is, yes, we eat meat, yes, we drink, yes, it's fun, but it was to, to bring people together. This chef's story isn't just about cooking, it's about finding joy, connection, and the authentic self. On this episode of our podcast, where we learn that the ultimate ingredient for success, in the kitchen and in life, is staying true to oneself. Today we're talking with Ilya Donati, a personal chef with a zest for bringing people together through the art of cooking. Ilya isn't just a chef, he's a storyteller, an entrepreneur, and a leader in his own right. Born in Italy and making his mark in Australia, Ilya has mastered the art of using food to create connections, evoke memories, and build communities. From intimate dinner parties to grand culinary events, he's cooked for celebrities, including Harry Styles, and turned every meal into an unforgettable experience. Get ready to be inspired, to feel the warmth of the kitchen, and to discover how every dish can tell a story. Grab a seat at our table as we sit down with Ilya Donati. So how have you sort of attained heritage that's shaped your understanding around leadership and particularly how food plays a role Yeah, in that. so I, I possibly because I'm the uh, uh, eldest of three siblings, I found myself um, you know, in a position where I was sort of leading that part of life as well with my little brothers as well. Um, I sort of always had it. I felt it in me a little bit. Um, but in cooking, well, this is a whole different topic because, um, I realized, um, for the personal chef side of things that I, I was worrying too much, uh, what people were thinking or where the industry was moving towards or so many things while I actually realized that what people want is me and uh, my my take on things, my take on cooking, and um, the same with other people. I'm not saying I'm the best. I'm just saying if they get me, it's because they want me. So that's uh, the concept is to just be you and lead by being you. That's what I'm trying to say. Just not being afraid of being you. Was there some moment or 
an event that had gave you that realization that just the authentic you is good enough? Um, in general, uh, having a business does that to you because when you start, you like many people, you feel a little bit like an imposter, and um, and you suffer suffer definitely uh, of imposter syndrome. And you ask yourself so many questions, but then you realize that what you do, um, you know, requires a lot of attention to details, a lot of uh, passion, a lot of elements that if you don't put in, you don't get the results that that you that you're looking for, for sure. And uh, as a as an event. In particular, um, I was cooking for, um, I am cooking for a jet company, private jet company. And um, I I had done only a couple of caterings for them. So I cook for them, give them the food and they fly and they serve my food, which is pretty cool. But um, this day, um, flight attendant organizer calls me and and she's like, I know, I know, I'm giving you only 10 hours notice. And I'm already, come on, you know, come on. Um, but this is for Harry Styles. Oh, okay. So no pressure there. <laughs> uh, he had a concert here in Melbourne. It, it was recently. And, um, and so I thought, wow. And. First of all, you think, what am I cooking for someone like that? But actually, um, there's not really much you can do to impress someone like that because they've seen it and done it all pretty much. So I just did the best that I could. And uh, of the menu that they asked, gave them the best quality ingredients, the best quality service, the best quality presentation, the best of everything I could think of, um, took it there, gave it to them, and uh, asked for feedback. And they said, we absolutely loved the food. And him and his crew was raving about it, was really happy about catering. Uh, there was absolutely no uh, bad feedback. And so every time we depart from that, so that was definitely something that got rid of some imposter syndrome and uh, some of the feeling uh, maybe I'm not good enough, that sort of thing that always somewhere in your brain. <laughs> Great story, mate. What did you cook for Harry? Uh, so it was mainly, which was part of the fact that it was a bit challenging, mainly um, raw and Japanese um, sort of food. So nigiri, sashimi, this kind of thing, sushi, uh, caviar. So basically seafood. And uh, when she called me, the uh, local market was an hour from closing. So I literally put something on and went to the market straight away. And uh, that's, how, that's how I got it done. But it must have been really challenging. You think, we'll get an Italian to cook us some Japanese food, <laughs> hey? Yeah, well... This is actually part of uh, why my story is interesting and brought me to what I do is because in these 10 years I've spent in Australia, I've uh, changed the, 
quite a few places where I work. And uh, I worked in a Spanish restaurant, in a French restaurant. I worked with uh, Asian people. Uh, I've seen a bit of Thai, a little bit of uh, Japanese. And people know. When they call me, I tell them, look, I'm not a Japanese chef. I've never been to Japan even. But I've got a basic knowledge on those things. And, I, and I'm confident I can cook or make those things if we go out of those things to be um, not as strong for me, my knowledge, while Italian or meat, we can go crazy. So, so whatever you want, pretty much. Yeah. I've been a butcher as well because I wanted to learn how to cut the meats, where they come from, where are the muscles, learn all of that. I, I, I was supposed to be an engineer, so I studied math, I studied um, this kind of thing. I went to uni, did not work at all. So that doesn't mean, though, that my brain isn't thinking that way. Yeah, for example, I was at Fine Food Festival, um, and uh, I was looking at machinery for cooking, but then I caught myself looking at the actual machinery, not so much the cooking side. I was like, that worked, sort of thing. So, yeah, that could, could probably uh, make some difference in the way I think. Yeah, well, I guess we can call you the engineering of, or the engineer of food, <laughs> the engineer of culinary delights, mate. So, not only Harry Styles and his crew, but you've hosted in the, somewhere in the region of close to a thousand people yeah. from what I understand. So what's been the most challenging sort of situations you may have had around bringing people together for this breaking of bread, eating food, so to speak? Oh, uh, there have been, there have been many, uh, from early days, I understood that this was more about making it work and obviously really good food but making it work and entertaining people. As a matter of fact, I'm in the entertaining business more than the hospitality. But to get back on track, um, if I have to choose something that um, you know just comes up to my head is um, this person that was renovating a beautiful property on a little hill here near Melbourne, Warren died. He was fantastic, all green. So I would absolutely steal that house if I could. You know, I would love it. Um, and um, but yeah, the house doesn't have any windows yet. Doesn't have any heating, of course, and uh, doesn't have any. Uh, yeah, has running water, but there's no sink. So there was a barbecue, and there was no electricity. So that day we had to run uh, the fryer uh, with a generator, but then it was noisy because they were having a party. We had to li to line up a few uh, leads and get the generator up the bush, <laughs> far away from us, um, and then fry with that, cook with the barbecue, use uh, trussle tables. Uh, just literally making it work. That was very challenging, 
but the feedback was amazing. And the good thing is people understand the situation. People came, saw how we were working, and they were like, you, you are doing really well because look at the conditions and thank you so much. It was amazing. We still be very professional with everyone. And you know what? I loved it because it was challenging, because it was a little bit different, because I had to make it work. Yeah, sort of the the pressure of the moment, not only sort of creating this entertainment scenario in the around food, but even before you could start to create those things that you're building, designing, creating through your food side of things, you had to sort stuff out to even make that happen. What what is it that's rewarding? What do you find most rewarding about the experience of bringing people together around? Yeah, food? really good question. And so, at first, I didn't know that. So. I had to have a bit of a chat with my mom uh, when I was digging into this sort of stuff. And I said, why do I do what I do? What do you think? Help me find out. Because I need that to get clear on my message and on everything I do. And um, she said, well, because you've always loved the putting people together and the way you do it is you use food you you used to throw barbecues out of nowhere so many times a week in summer and the actual reason is yes we eat meat yes we drink yes it's fun but it was to to bring people together and i thought that's actually true and so I try to apply that to what I do and make sure I always deliver really good food. But the actual focal point is the way I do it has to make the person and everyone feel like they're actually having an amazing time, a really good memorable time and moment because that's what makes um, you know, the service uh, unique. And how do you in your business create that environment? What, what do you guys do that's special? Yeah, so um, it's, it's also about how you structure and organize the event. So, for example, if it's a family, from the get-go, I would suggest let's go Sharing plates, not go fancy individual plate and things like that. Let's share. Because share, it's share. Share, it means that the food is in the middle. You're going to have to ask, ask somebody, can you pass me that? Oh, how was that? Oh, should I have a little bit of that? Oh, can I try from you? Oh, can I do this? Can I do that? It's, it's already making the environment more about sharing um that's for sure we want to make sure the environment is is proper so the nice settings uh, the temperature is good we want to make sure also that i pick up the vibe it's something that it's a bit invisible um but i feel it a lot when i 
book in. Uh, there are there are a lot of elements that tell me how to behave, and uh, nine times out of ten, maybe more, I get it right in terms of uh, um, I know how much I need to talk. If I have to be more funny, less funny, um, more showy, less showy, and try to give people what they actually looking for, which is another important thing. Sometimes they call you and they don't exactly know what they're looking for or what they actually need to get. The, my job is to give them what they actually need. Yeah, so it's a lot of elements all together. And as you can notice, I don't talk about food this instance very much because again you have to deliver really good food and all of that but that's that's not what makes it tell us a bit more about the the dynamics of of that because that, that's what is ringing out to me that food is just a tool in this case hopefully a really nice and tasty tool that creates that environment of sharing and conversation and just connecting with each other. What what sort of dynamic changes do you see when people are doing that oh. sharing? Food? Oh, easy. Um, especially when there's some non um involved. Um, at first, they feel a bit strange having a stranger open their their drawers and looking for pots and pans and they just constantly behind you. Oh, what do you need? Oh, what do you need? Can I do this? Can I do that? And then in a nice way, you sort of get them to understand that today you can actually take time to go and talk to that person. Have a glass of wine, and go and do that. And once they realize that, it's... It just changes. It's, it's magical because they let go of the responsibility of cooking for the family. They can trust someone that can do it uh, properly. And they go and they actually socialize. They actually spend time with the loved, loved ones, which is the whole point. And, uh, and you can see it. And at the end, they come to me and they say, Oh my God, I never had something like that. And I don't need to clean now. Uh, my back hurts, even the slow in the dishwasher. This kind of very real, raw thing. So I'm like, I know. <laughs> I know. And that's, that's, that's why I do it. Not to show you I cook better than you. Not to, um, I don't know, other reasons. It's just so you can sit and, and actually enjoy this. And you see... You see the change, especially for people that have never done like that, uh, something like that. You can definitely see how they relax, sit back, have a wine. and Let's just stick with family for a second. Has there been a, a special moment that sits in your mind that you can tell us about that uh, it's, it's just been a really special connection moment between people around the environment you've created? Yeah, also a really good question. Um, this one was more of a family that um, is, I would say, well-off. 
the house was absolutely beautiful, <laughs> incredible. Everything you can name that it has, it had it, and around the corner it had more. It it was insane, absolutely beautiful. So you you expect some sort of stereotype around this kind of person, and uh, I could see. As a matter of fact, there was not much deep connection with these people. And um, I couldn't understand why at first. And then uh, through the questions and through the night, I realized that one of the parents uh, felt not good enough at cooking for their own family. Like, if you would feel not confident to, to do something, it would be with anybody, but should never be with your family. That should be, you know, at least you should be feeling confident with your family. That's when I switched and I thought, wow, that should never be the case. Like, you should be confident, even if your cooking is not great, at least to feel good about it and uh, you know the fact that the, this person was learning throughout the night and gaining a little bit of confidence and I don't know maybe through having me allowing him to step out of the, the um, um, step into the uncomfortable zone and step out of the comfort zone allowing him uh, probably that I could see that it, you know, it was already chatting to the girls. He was already saying, well, why don't we try to cook this next week? Why don't we go to the market together? Like this is a person that obviously has businesses, a lot to do. And all on a sudden thinks about, okay, maybe I should go to the market and get some great seafood and great vegetables with my kids and take it home, give it a crack. And, and that was some transformation for sure. That was, that was huge. Given that experience, and I'm going to get onto organizations and teams very soon, but what advice would you give to families out there based on that experience and related to food? Yes. So I, like I say all the time, I want to stay true and genuine to who I am. I don't have kids, so I'm not going to get into how to deal with kids. But I can help you gain the confidence and allow yourself to cook, cook better for your family. So the advice as a general is to just allow yourself do this, just stick your hand up and say, you know what, I don't know if it's going to go, go well, if it's going to do nice, if I'm going to waste money, but I'm going to go to the market, pick up some fresh produce, whatever I think is good, I'm going to cook it and I'm going to involve the family in this process because sometimes we think that being with the family is just 
by the pool or by the barbecue or on holiday, but being with the family was also when I was with my mom shopping and choosing the ingredients. That's being with your family. You're just doing another activity. And in, by involving them and uh, in the process, you the, re, the result is what's in the plate magically has a whole different and higher value because it's been made and created by a, a person within the family. So you involve the kids. And again, this is from my mom. Um, when I asked her all these questions, she said, well, when you're busy, you've got a business, a busy schedule, a lot of washing to do, a lot of cleaning to do, and you can't go on holiday and do these things or even to the beach. Well, that's the time you've got together, you know, at, in the kitchen, in, you know, with your kids, asking them questions, getting them to try and whip something up and make mistakes together. It's funny. You bake a cake, it doesn't turn out like a cake. It turns out like a warm pudding. Have a laugh about it, you know? <laughs> That's it. Nothing happened. If I do that for a customer that has paid me as an expert, then that's a different pressure. <laughs> so hopefully that answers your question. Yeah, absolutely. I see the the connection and the the process. Get, getting to something you said earlier around structure, but there's you can bring the whole family into the process of that creation of a meal. And being involved in that, there's all elements. People can have input into it and contribute to what the output's going to look like. And, and it creates conversation oh, and absolutely. connection, which is super important around leadership. There's what, what we're really talking about, what you're talking about is that there's sort of feelings, memories, emotions that are linked to food that strongly. Is, is there anything in your background, like is there a signature dish that you may have that it's your signature dish because there's, fond memories around it. Tell us a bit yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I, I love cooking a lot of things, but this one has so many connections and it's very simple. It's um, um, tagliatelle uh, ragù, that's how my nonna calls it, but um, it's uh, basically bolognese. Um, obviously it has its roots because I'm from that area. But the thing is, every time I cook it, I just takes my brain back to when I was stepping into my nonna's house, mainly on a Sunday night, um, lunch. And, um, you know, getting that feed, you know, you're going to get a huge feed and then you're going to almost uh, pass out on that much food you ate and um, all those feelings that come with it, being with the family, um, smell of the food, the smell of that, because that was always on the menu. Doesn't matter what else was on the menu. There was some vegetables that were not in season, so we wouldn't eat them for a while, but that was always on the menu. Always, always, always. And she would make the tagliatelle from scratch, you will make obviously the sauce from scratch and, and, and that smell is just what 
takes me back. As soon as I go to Italy and I go to my nonna's and I walk in and I smell that, the connection, the connection is so, it's not 5G, it's a thousand Gs. Like seriously, your, your brain instantly gives you a whole thing of emotions. Um, so for me, smell, obviously taste, but smell is very, very important. And that's what I try to explain as well when I cook that for people. Sometimes they, they tell me even, oh, I think the menu is a little bit basic. Well, then is when I try to educate them and tell them, again, it's about the food, but it's not. The food is going to be amazing. But what's going to be amazing is that you are here in Melbourne and magically I take you to my nonna's table because that's the recipe. That's what it smells like. That's, and, I, and I let you in also into my stories close to my heart and close to how I grew up. Yeah. So if I have to choose the one, it would definitely be that one. Well, I have to say, myself and my wife plan to be in Italy in a couple of years, and I'm really looking forward to going to your nonna's place yeah, as well. Yeah, that'll be that'll be great. <laughs> a lot of people have tried to to do that, but it's it's a bit hard with traveling and and finding yourselves together over there. And luckily, they're all still alive uh, on my mom's side. They cook a little bit less on so my dad's side. Is those ones that grow up more in a farm environment with the egg story in so they still cooking and still making the sauce and they complain their hands hurt. Sauce doesn't cost anything, just buy. You've made enough sauce, just buy it now. You know, the uh, the tomato sauce and put basil in it if you want. No, they have to. So <laughs> that's... What's the secret to a great bolognese? <clears throat> well, there's, there are a few. Um, one is uh, nonnas don't, uh, don't get stuffed around, but by butchers, they used to at least uh, buy the cuts of meats that, that they wanted, then go home and mince them. Because that way they know what's in it, what's going to be in that sauce. So that's one of the things. And um, obviously, a really good, if you can, organic tomato. And uh, just following the process, don't take shortcuts. If you have to fry the onion, carrots, and celery, fry it. You have to cook the meat first until the juices come out, and then put wine, and then wait a little bit longer, and then put this, and then put that. Wait and do it properly because that's what is going to bring. I, I myself have tried to take shortcuts on that recipe and it doesn't smell the same. It doesn't taste um, the same as well. And um, this is going to probably cost you a lot of millions, but the super secret is a tiny bit of uh, nut, a tiny little. <laughs>
funny little bit yeah of just a little bit of nutmeg i don't know it just opens up um that flavor a lot no cinnamon no all of that stuff not a whole spoon of nutmeg just a tiny bit just to balance the the flavor if you can buy the actual nutmegs and grate them on top of the sauce that'll be so much better I love a good spag, mate, and I think I'll make I might make some tonight, and I'll I'll try that, and I'll report back. I'll let you know. Please do. But, uh, I've been having spag for all these years, and I've never put nutmeg in it, so this is going to be the game yeah, changer. Hopefully, hopefully yeah. Hopefully, you like it. You're you've got your Italian Italian heritage. You're Australian citizen. Yeah. You spent almost now ten years in Australia, as you mentioned earlier. What around this food? topic and the connection the people connection what's different around italian culture and australian culture so the difference that i see most times not every time is that there's not as much connection in terms of eating does not is not a part of your life as much eating together at least one meal you don't have to have breakfast lunch and dinner at least for us it was even we were playing sports uh, working different places different hours but pretty much all the times we would have at least dinner together and even the fact that you sit down for some people they don't sit down or they don't eat together, or they differ, they eat at different times, or the kids don't take part of uh, the cooking or the making process. Um, some people I see they they have the kids trained to help them clean up, which is really good and all of that. Um, maybe um, get them involved into the cooking as well and the planning. Because one of the conversations um, we had at the table was for sure, what are we going to eat next? What are we going to eat next week? You know, my mom would cook something awesome and we go like, oh, can we have that again? Ideally, I would have that every day, but then she would go like, no. And okay, then let's have it again next week. Uh, but uh, Should we try this? Should we try that? And that was definitely conversation for sure so there's a lot of clash that i felt that sort of is part of what shaped me into me and what i do uh and what i try to achieve as well with the cooking bomb um that is the way uh, we as italians approach the meal time and the way australians sometimes approach the mealtime, the food, the process of getting food cooked on the plate. Let's take this topic into the team, organizations, business team environment now. What creates or how would you set up an environment to create those connections, that sort of moment? Uh, that sort of process for teams to become stronger 
So for te- for teams to become stronger, we're talking uh, not about family, obviously. We're talking about the business at the moment. Yes, business teams could be sporting teams as well, but yeah, the the, the organizational aspect of teams, building teams, creating connection in teams. How does what you do support that? How can you support that? So. Um, <clears throat> If we talk about me, um, in my case, I, I obviously need help from other people, but I also like to support other people. Uh, for example, entertainers, guitarists, uh, local uh, artists and things like that. And that's the way I involve uh, other people. If we're talking about how to build a team, um, it doesn't obviously work as well with everyone and you got to have a different approach to everyone. But the point is to make sure that they are there to give a really good experience. And so we need to work towards that by um, taking advantage of each other's skills. So I'm good at cooking, I cook, you are good at serving and dealing with the people at the table, do that. I'm good at selecting, pouring wines and uh, serving people, or you're good at cleaning up, or uh, you're good at organizing the event. You know, everyone has a strength, so we need to try to put them all together, basically. And, uh, the cre- yeah, create a team that makes sense for that event, for how that event is is structured. Yeah, whether it's a, a sort of food team or, again, the, the team you have growing your business, there's always pressures attached to those. Have you got one of those gory stories where, as a team, it probably didn't work so well, so therefore the dish was nowhere near or can I say you you produced a disastrous dish for whatever reason because the team just wasn't gelling um yeah yeah I've I've had one where the dish was a disaster and uh, I cheated a little bit I had to say to the customer that on on the way there um when we were loading the van we dropped the cake but the cake was a disaster from uh, hours before that. <laughs> uh, but, you know, the point was to come across with, with the point in the best way possible. Also because sometimes people stress on the day. So I'm like, don't worry, we got another solution. We fixed it. We just can't do that cake exactly. And yeah, the problem was uh, the uh, the staff member that was helping me didn't um, really do a good job in making the cake. And it can happen. It happens to me. It happens to everyone. Um, but like I said at the beginning, make it work. What are you going to do about it? I've been in some situation where the oven doesn't work. The stove, and the, the stove doesn't work. And what are, what are you going to do? Are you going to? You're going to cry or call Uber Eats. You're just going to have to, um, yeah, make it work. And um, not sure if there was another part of the question. 
Well, let me let me set some context as well around one of the best experiences I remember in, and it only came back to me preparing for our conversation, is many, many years ago, I spent some time in, well, in this scenario, I was in Singapore, and we'd arranged a, a night out with the team. And it was at a place in a place called Clark Key in Singapore. And the opportunity was that we we split the the larger group, we had the larger team into teams, smaller teams, and each team was uh, responsible for cooking a dish from scratch. You know, all the ingredients and things were already there. We didn't have to go shopping or anything, but it was there. So there was a, a bit of a competitive nature around yeah. it, like you wanted to get the, the, the good, you know, produce the best dish. But again, it wasn't about that. That added a nice flavor to it, excuse the pun, but it was more the process of working together as a team, uh, connecting as a team, using each other's strengths, having some challenges because some of us might have been okay cooked, some of us hadn't really cooked too much. Just the experience and the emotion and the memories wrapped up in that was absolutely fantastic. What? How do you, how do you create that environment? How do you see leaders potentially being able to create that environment for their business, for their teams in their business based on your own experiences? Like you shared a fantastic story about your nonra and the smells and it's probably in that case, it's less about the actual food. It's more about that connection and the memories that come back based on that smell, that connection. The food's like a fantastic bonus. Yeah, so I, I think that it's, uh, I, I stand by what I said earlier as in uh, using each other's strength. So um, by having a team that works in uh, so many different occasions, environments, and uh, Sometimes there are a lot of challenging challenges. That's where <clears throat> you look within and you you see, okay, well, that person can be a leader, that person can do that thing, and that person has proved um, that was able and capable of sustaining the pressure of the moment and uh, finding a solution. Uh, for example, for me, it would be, for example, I would be on one side of the house cooking something, no problem. And on the other side, uh, the power trips all the time and the uh, fryer stops all the times and the chips never cook or they come out soggy. And uh, that person found a solution without even uh, involving me and uh, without disrupting very much the situation. So sometimes if you're lucky enough, just the experience of being in the moment, like you said, being challenged by the experience itself builds up some leaders. You just have to be in the headspace in the moment um, of and I mean being able to and capable of capturing it. Uh, oh, that element of that person definitely be used that way that was handled very well and you have to make sure you do that with yourself as well what advice would you give to leaders to really embrace that world of food as a means of connecting with others um so 
there's there's definitely a lot um and i've i've given some uh, general advice in general but just just try try and do things differently because if uh, you've done something one way and it doesn't create that connection that maybe it's your approach or maybe the way you are doing it that needs a change or needs a spin needs to be done a little bit different and uh, that's when meditation ties into everything and in this case into cooking like um i my breakthrough was through covid i did a 25 second meditation on washing my hands and i was thinking oh, i'm just curious about this what is this gonna even do and the, th- the person was saying well you're lucky you can touch your hands one with another you're lucky you can look at them you can feel the water you you're lucky you got 10 fingers so to go back to what i was saying is meditation doesn't have to be with your eyes closed and breathing can also be you know what remove the distraction put some nice music on uh, don't have netflix while you cook going on or something with a conversation that captures your attention or news even worse and and celebrate being alive and having a partner or a person next to you in your house that night because your house because you have a house because your house is warm because you have food in your house because you have things cook food in you because you are capable to stand up and being there but sometimes you just forget to enjoy that we can actually do that and if you are able to crack that and get that satisfaction from those little things cut an orange and go like oh my god these things smell so good you know what i mean like how many times do you do or think that <laughs> the only time is when you peel an onion and you complain you're gonna cry for the next two minutes yeah, it's a fair point again there's so much opportunity for it, it almost feels like that what you're saying is sort of cooking can be cathartic if you're really present in the moment and i don't know as a as a, a personal chef and and the, an entertainer, the way that you are and create these environments, how many times you would wash your hands, but I imagine quite a lot. So there's that sort of break in the process and you're linking the hand washing to calming the mind and it's almost like a recharge and then go forward again. And if we, if we all take moments to appreciate these little things, then you know, the, the world's, our worlds aren't as bad a place as what some people think their world is like i suppose is it is yeah that what you're yeah saying? exactly and uh, tying this to what i was saying earlier if you think um you have time with your family only when you're in uh, nusa or uh, maldives then step back and go like you know what i'll enjoy uh, a more simpler feeling having my family in the kitchen you know like the hand washing is a parallel so if i can manage to have enjoyment 
out of washing my hands, I can definitely manage to get enjoyment out of um, cooking and uh, being around my family. And so if you've got that hour a day for cooking and your kid or kids or partner are there in the kitchen, you know, think of it less less than a task. Just sort of step out of the situation and watch it happen and go like, you know what, this is awesome. I get to do this. That whole hour will feel like a week will feel a lot longer because you instantly gave it a lot more meaning. It's a lot more meaningful to you all on a sudden. Make sure this thought is shared with that person as well and they understand that you're making so much um, out of that. Sometimes, and this happened for me with wine as well. I love wine a lot and I was finding cutting myself um, drinking wine just because, you know, of alcohol side of it or the, uh, I don't know, taste side of it. When I did a wine appreciation course, then I thought, oh, hang on a sec, every single sip should be um, thought of. Like, if I can think of the to- taste notes and I can enjoy that flavor every time I sip the wine, how much more meaningful is a bottle of wine? How much more? And so are the moments. So that's hopefully, yeah, that's the message. That's what I'm trying to say. Hopefully it's a lot clearer. And uh, it's good that we span it around in a few different ways because the same for me, when I listen to content, I want to get across to myself one thing that I find is sometimes it's just the way the person speaks and the angle the the the, the thing comes from. And sometimes, even though it's in English, I don't get it. I don't fully get it. So hopefully, I express the message. You know, just enjoy the moment. Cut an orange, smell it, and go like, wow. Oranges smell so good. (laughs) What I'm really taking is that food is, and we know it is, it's probably, it's just not utilized enough in the business and leadership circles as a tool to connect people. Families don't even use it enough is what you're saying, particularly the difference between Italian culture and, and Australian culture. But it, it is just such a powerful thing, yeah. isn't it? You you mentioned about not always understanding sort of phrases or words. So what about that phrase, too many chefs spoil the broth? <laughs> you understand yeah. that one? Yeah, 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 I know. And it, it's always like that. And When have you done that? When have you spoiled yeah. the broth? <laughs> <laughs> it ha- it actually has a good parallel to uh what you are about with uh, this podcast um like a chef is a leader and you know if uh, i'm in charge of cooking you know let me be in charge and um 
it, it is a little bit like that. It's good to help each other, but if you're cooking one thing, cook, cook that thing. But you could make the other person feel like that. For example, you know you're there cooking, but make your partner feel, for example, I make my partner feel like she's the chef. And sometimes I'm sneaky that way as well. I'm like, oh, I've got to do something. Can you just chop the onion and put them in? Okay, okay, I'll just go and uh, pick up the washing. Um, oh, what do I have to do? Put in that, put in the other thing, and then stir, and then you go and, and you do this and you do that. And magically, she has made the meal up, and she has made it. She has cooking. Because if I'm around, then she makes me do it. <laughs> Um, but yeah well you know you've just blown your technique if she listens to this podcast or watches it on YouTube you've just blown your secret (laughs) you're going to be doing all the cooking again mate yeah yeah (laughs) I know I know but Uh, you've got this you've got this shirt on Cooking Bond and I know that's uh, there's something specific around that tell us a bit about Cooking Bond what's uh, this about it's my project my way to uh, um, give give back to people what I what I think um, you know is the most important message that I definitely shared throughout this interview which is um, putting together bonding and connection with family through food that's the most uh, and simplest way to uh, put it and uh, Cooking Bond is, is just a name, but it represents me thinking, what can I do? Because you know, you hear a doctor that went to a poor country and did that for the kids and did that for the other thing and did that. And you're like, oh, I'm a chef. Well, off people as well sometimes. So I don't really have this kind of hero. <laughs> story and like how can I be so a lot more helpful to people since I'm not a doctor I'm a chef and I thought well I can help them uh, get a lot closer and this ties everything up of what we said I've noticed by living here and being here that some of the people and families uh, are not connected enough in the family and uh, I can't help you connect in other ways I know cooking so and I know I'm not a psychologist either so like I said I need to stay in my lane my lane is I realized that some people could have a better connection if only where better at cooking and if only would allow themselves to make a mistake and cook for their family or partner or loved ones. I've seen that transformation happen. Was I open up for me when I was thinking of it with a family and I realized that the dad, this is another family again, the dad wouldn't cook for the family when the mom was recovering from an accident um, <clears throat> just because he wasn't feeling confident. And 
by just spending time with me in the kitchen and uh, in, at the market and understanding and wrapping his head around how to use the equipment in also a more organized way. So in four hours, we cooked uh, so much food basically for the whole week. He couldn't believe he could do that. Obviously, he was slow as at cutting. Obviously, he didn't have as many ideas as I did, but you get there. But what I saw at the end of the day was that he allowed himself to cook for his family after I left. After I left, he was cooking steaks. After I left, he was buying ingredients, making the food. They love hummus. Instead of buying the bucket, it would make hummus. It's a simple thing. But for me, it was like, see, see, that's working. Like I helped him allow to cook for, for, for his family. I hope that makes sense. It does make perfect sense. And what was the impact that you saw or were hoping to have through that process? (laughs) Well, well, um, a big impact, actually. They could not believe that night. The whole family was sitting at the table at the same time, first of all. Second of all, um, the kids were looking at what was going on. They were not at the TV. They were like, oh, what are you doing? Oh, why are you doing this? Oh, why are you doing that? Well, why? They were entertained by us being in the kitchen. Of course, there's an element of a stranger being me in the house. You know, it's different. It breaks the routine for them, of course. But the biggest was when we sat down, and the parents were looking like this, and I was, what's going on? Can you see? Well, what's happening? She eating Brussels sprouts. Are you serious? Is she actually eating Brussels sprouts? And like, ah, is that so strange? Oh, you have no idea. <laughs> they told me you have no idea. So that was definitely huge for them. Apart from the Brussels sprouts, I guess. The most important thing was to have the kids be more part of it, of the process. Yeah, absolutely. Brussels, Brussels sprouts in itself is a fantastic impact, mate, because I think there's a hell of a lot of parents out there, us included, that don't like Brussels sprouts, but for some reason we still try and get our kids to eat Brussels sprouts. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and, yeah, and that's it. Sometimes uh, you, I guess you might try to do that. You might try to say your kids eat broccoli, but then you don't. I don't know. Again, I don't have kids, but I can teach you how to cook. Broccoli's okay. I'm good with, I'm good with broccoli, mate. That's it. <laughs> Ilya, let's move on to our last question, mate. What's one thing that's helped you become a more confident leader? Uh, just the process. The process of somebody told me the other day, um, you've got a lot of things. Um, right like you have been working on yourself a lot you have been doing the right moves with your business you have been learning a lot you have been it was very encouraging in that sense um but i feel like you want to go too fast so um slow down enjoy the process 
but what actually switched, like I said earlier, it's English, but sometimes you don't get it. What made my brain switch was when he said, you just got to leave it. And I'm like, ah, okay, that's what you mean. You have to leave the process, the ups and downs, the changing, the this and that. And that is what shapes you. I love it, mate. Trust the process. The reason why I was keen to have yourself on the podcast is, first of all, Italy holds a special place in my heart and you happen to cross, come across our desk and an Italian chef sounded fantastic. You're an up-and-coming entrepreneur. I had no idea that you'd cooked for Harry Styles, but Thanks. well done. Um, fantastic. And he loved it, which is even more important, and his team loved it, so well done. I hope you did grab a testimonial there that you can utilize. Um, but the other thing which to me is even more important and what's come through the interview is that I know the power of food in connecting people, not because I'm a chef, because I've had very similar experiences to some of what you shared with my own grandparents in Australia and, and my family, my dad particularly, who was, you know, he's still alive, thankfully. Uh, he, he loves cooking and he's, he loved bringing the family together around those sort of things. So in my experiences in a corporate space is when we've, we've had some challenge in, in teams or whatever, you know, food and sitting down over lunch or those sort of things, it just brings, it just drops some barriers and brings people together. So I'm so glad that came through in the conversation we had. I really appreciate your uh, effort and time coming on our podcast, mate. Thanks for being a fantastic guest on the Cultural Leadership. Oh, thank you very much. Look, I, I, I have to be honest, and I thought I was going to open with this also because I listened to, uh, sorry, I remember his name, this uh, beautiful uh, podcast of yours, and this guy was saying he's a tough conversation guy. And um, he was saying lead with that. I was a bit uh, feeling the pressure because I listened to a few episodes uh, while I was driving uh, these past few weeks. And uh, I realized there's uh, awesome, amazing human beings in it. And I'm like, well, am I going to be up to the challenge? And then I went back to what we said earlier. I'm just going to be myself. You've done a great job Thank with you. that, mate. Thank, Thank you. you very much. Thank you very much for the opportunity. I am very grateful for that. This episode made me reflect on so many happy memories of family lunches and dinners, where we all came together to eat, have fun, and ultimately strengthen our family ties. These were my three key takeaways from my conversation with Elia. My first key takeaway, confident leaders create opportunities to connect. They know how to bring people together and use simple things like sharing a meal to make people feel closer. By serving food, they turn everyday moments into special times, creating bonds and memorable experiences. My second key takeaway, confident leaders involve people in the process. They make sure everyone is part of the journey. They invite people to join in, whether it's picking out ingredients for a meal or talking about ways to make things better at work. This approach makes people feel valued and part of something bigger. My third key takeaway, confident leaders are present in the moment. They focus on the here and now and remind us to be thankful for what we have and to enjoy our time together. For them, food is more than just eating. It's a way to connect, to be entertained and to be actively involved in the joy of the moment. 
So in summary, my three key takeaways were confident leaders create opportunities to connect. Confident leaders involve people in the process and confident leaders are present in the moment. Let me know your key takeaway on YouTube or at thecultureofleadership.com. Thanks for joining me and remember, the best outcome is on the other side of a genuine conversation.